Hey everyone, welcome to the launch episode of the, the Country Club, which is the podcast that I wanted to launch that will just give me an opportunity to talk to people that I'm close with, people that have a different perspective than me, people I can learn from and just vibe from, and just an opportunity to have more conversations in this time. And with that being said, I have my friend Amos here who I met in the Navy. And we have been close, and I thought Amos would be someone who would be great to launch a podcast with uh, to do my first episode. And with that being said, I'm going to let Amos introduce himself here. So, Amos, go ahead, tell everybody about who you are, you know, what you do, uh, your interest, and things that we're going to be talking about throughout this episode. Okay. Okay. Uh, as John uh, told you guys before, my name is uh, Amos Albright. I served alongside John here in the Navy for a couple good years, and we've been uh, close friends ever since. Uh, currently, I'm in paramedic school, uh, looking to do that. And uh, for employment right now, I'm a firefighter and an EMT at a couple organizations. Uh, huge sports fan, um, huge fan of life in general. And uh, I'm extremely excited that I got the opportunity to uh, be on this podcast with my good friend, John. And share what I think about a few topics and hopefully, uh, you know, we keep this thing going. I'm super excited. Glad to have, uh, have me be on here. Amos, super glad to have you. And so I wanted to jump right into this man through the quarantine, right? You've been doing lately, man, that, uh, like just through the quarantine, like keep yourself busy, you know? Okay. Well, when the, when the quarantine started, like, it kind of went zero to 60 really quick. You know, they uh, started announcing a couple closures and this and that. And next thing you know, it's like, Hey, stay at home. Don't come outside. You know, they closed off my gym. They cut me off from school. I'm wearing all this extra garb and gear at work and uh, everything changed. Um, so my life changed, your life changed. Everyone's life uh, took a turn for the worst. Uh, but I guess it's all about perspective. Um, I like to work out, you know, that, um, with being cut off from the gym, the only options I really had were doing, uh, workouts right here at my home. I was, uh, using a couple of dumbbells I had some bands I had bought from Walmart and self body weight workouts. And, uh, actually I started running a little bit more and actually ran a half marathon virtually while we were in quarantine. So, I mean, physically aspect, um, things changed. I didn't get to lift weights as much. That was a, that was a huge, huge change up for me. I felt that was really weird. So getting back in the gym was weird after the quarantine, but for the most part, my life didn't change too much in quarantine. I'm a bit of an introvert myself. Um, I go out to have fun, you know, we can go out and we do that sort of thing, but, um, my life was already really busy. I had school to still take care of while we were in quarantine. And, uh, so when I wasn't at work, which I, my schedule is a 24 hours on at work. And then I have 48 hours off. I was doing homework, um, spending time with my girlfriend, spending time with the family at home, you know, just not really going anywhere and playing a lot of video games, doing a lot of homework, just trying to keep my, keep my mind busy. Um, so, uh, really go out and do a whole lot. So at work, how did things change? Did you, uh, yourself have any experiences with like the, like the COVID-19 that was going on? Did you, is that something you worried about because you do work, you know, in the medical field? So is that something that had a, that you got to have a direct, like something that you got to see firsthand is 
when, when everything started popping off? Um, yeah, everything changed. Our protocols were changing daily. Um, you know, early to mid March, uh, the whole coronavirus was uh, on the rise and, you know, it made you know, landfall here in the U S and they started letting us know that they're like, Hey, if this you know starts taking off, there's gonna be a lot of drastic changes. Um, and I work for a smaller private EMS company primarily. And, uh, it said, okay, well, when we dispatch you, they'll, uh, they'll let you know, you know, what kind of symptoms they have. And if the symptoms correlate to coronavirus, you're going to have to wear this. You're gonna have to wear your, you have to wear your mask. You're gonna have to wear the face shield. You're gonna have to wear the gown. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not really looking forward to this. And within two weeks, um, after the initial quarantine, that's when things were really ramped up. They said these next two weeks are going to be really bad because um, that's when they said the peak was going to be. And looking on hindsight now, no one ever really thought they knew exactly what the peak was. But um, every call, it changed to every call. So no matter when I left the building, um, I had to be in my N95. I had to wear my glasses and I had to wear a gown to almost every single call. Um, and they would tell us, you know, like, you know, a lot of calls would be for shortness of breath or difficulty breathing, you know, and that was the, the primary symptom. They're like, oh man, shortness of breath, coughing, fever. Well, half the time anybody calls us, it's, that's one of the underlying symptoms anyway. Um, but so yeah, it makes you nervous, you know, you, you, uh, you have family members that are older or, you know, everyone has, a you know, grandparents or those that are, you know, compromised. It's, it's, it's scary because, you know, you, you don't want to go out there and, haphazardly give anybody the chance that you could give it to them. And so I was uh, coming home directly after work, throwing my clothes in the laundry immediately. I would disinfect any of my hand tools that I have in my pockets. And, you know, I would disinfect the bottom of my boots and I would disinfect my car every day just so I didn't even run the risk of anybody getting infected. Do you, uh, do you actually know anybody who was infected with COVID-19? Just a random personally question. or patients like that I dealt with like personally, personally, no. And I'm very thankful for that, that I didn't have anybody very closely to me um, contract I, COVID. But I don't, I don't either. I just think that's like, it's weird, just, right? it's weird. Right. Like I don't know. And, and I live in Indianapolis. I live in like a, ma you know, a major city and I don't know anybody personally who who's caught it. You know, it's, and it, for something that was spread so rapidly, you know, I, I've been going out here lately with Kate and something that is, that I think that you'll find interesting here is when you go, have you ever been on like, did we ever do a beer on the pier on our deployment? Anything like that? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, I went to the, the beer tent quite a few times when we were in Hawaii and when we were in South Korea, I know I did, but I don't think you and me did. I don't think so. So you know how it looks like it's like the big tent with the blocked off area with like metal chain fencing, yeah. right? That's how like the restaurants around here have been looking, man. So it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's almost like apocalyptic. You know, you go out to like the area that you've been down here with me before and a, mm -hmm. a, a major bar that I'll go to and they have everything set up outside. And it's all just like on a, on an unlevel parking lot, like plastic tables. And that's all blocked off by like metal, like fencing that you rent. And it reminds me of, I don't think that you unfortunately didn't get a chance to be there, but in Dubai, they have like a beer on the pier, like called the sandbox. Yeah. And it looks exactly like that. So 
moving, moving along. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, you know, what have you been up to this weekend? Uh, did you do anything great this weekend, man? Well, unfortunately I worked midway. Yeah. Uh, I worked part of the weekend. So weekends are tough because I work that weird 24, uh, 48 off. So I'm either working a Friday, I'm either working that Saturday or I'm either working that Sunday. So it's like, if, unless I want like a full weekend to myself, I got to like put in for almost like leave, like back in the yeah. day, I got to, I got to route this paperwork up to my, you know, the higher ups in my <laughs> work and Hey, can I like have this day free? Can I like live my life for once? Yeah. So, uh, this past weekend, uh, me and Caitlin went to dinner with some people. We, uh, went out to dinner with my brother and, uh, we had dinner and I think me and her did a little bit of running. We went running one day, took a walk. Um, it's been, it's been beautiful here in Northeast Ohio. Had a lot of sunshine, no real rain. Uh, yeah, it's been beautiful. It's, it, it's beautiful here too, man. I, uh, I actually had an, a chance to go camping this weekend and I went down to this Hoosier national forest area and okay. it's, it's like free roadside camping essentially where since it's like a national forest, you can just find a spot like roadside or you can hike into these trails and you can mm -hmm. just camp there. Right. You don't have, it's, okay. it's primitive. So there's no like electric or anything like that. But oh. so you're like actually like out in the woods. Right. Camping, so camping. to find these spots, you just have to drive around and you can get pretty like deep in the woods. And so I like thought to myself, what are, like five things that I would need while I was out there to survive if I didn't like bring it with me. Right. Have you ever seen that show like naked and afraid? Oh yeah. So essentially like almost something like that, where I was thinking I might, what are the five things that I would need? And I want to ask you that as well. I'll give you my five though is uh, definitely think I need a Flint. Oh, you know what? Actually let me backtrack here, buddy. Let me set the scene. The scene is, the scene. the scene is you're in a, like almost like a castaway area. You know, have you ever seen like uh castaway with Tom Hanks, right? He's like the only Great person movie. on the Island. Exactly. So imagine that, that you have the water and that you have wilderness. And so you can kind of go think about that when you're thinking about the things you need. Right. So for me, a Flint, definitely number one, right? Number two would be a fish net so that I can catch fish. Number three would be like a knife because I need a multi-tool that can do something. And I think that would be definitely useful. Number four, I'm just thinking of these now. I probably should have like pre-thought of this. I wanted it to be organic. Number four would be a water filters, like a, a life straw, but it, like you can use it unlimited times. Right. So there's no specific amount of times oh, set in terms now. Okay. Yes. Yes. And then, uh, number five would be like, uh, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> that I can't think of it here. All right. Come back to me. You go and then I'll come back to me and I'll say number five. Okay. So, five things. The first one's going to seem really weird, but I promise you, you can use it in a lot of ways. 
Um, it doesn't even have to matter what size it is, but I'm talking uh, an industrial tarp. I want it, I want at least one decent sized industrial tarp. I can use it. Um, and a multitude of I purposes. Can make a, yeah. There's like so many things you can make a tub with it. You can collect rainwater with it. You can use it for a shelter. Um, you can use it as a sail because eventually I'm getting off that island. <laughs> um, next, number two, I'm going to use a, uh, you said a knife. I'm going to go one step above that. And you know, like uh, what they have in the, you know, like the Marines and the army guys have, they have those e-tools, those right. shovels that can break open, turn, form 90, 45 degree angles. They have I know what you're talking head. about. They got a serrated edge. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip the the knife because I can just use that as a handheld weapon too. I'm gonna use one of those. Um, definitely number three is gonna be a life straw. Gotta have it, right? Like I'm Dude, not trying I, to drink that I, dirty water. I have one in my car. Number four is gonna be if the minimum a small first aid kit. I would love to have a small first aid kit. Okay, and then. Finally, I would go with a magnifying glass, some sort of what something the fuck? for. Wait, no, 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 no! You hear me out. So, magnifying okay. glass, I can use that. Like, I can start fires with that. Okay. You know, like I can roast ants with that. You know. I, I'm just coming I, up with these off the top of my head. So, give me. I got all right. I got number five. No, I got you. I got number five. I would want like a snare line that I could use as a type of rope that, you know what I'm talking about, a snare line so I could make traps, right? So yeah. that would be, I got a way to get, make fire. I got a way to drink water and I got a way to catch food. I'll figure out a, a shelter. You know what I mean? I'll figure that out. That's, that's not anything I would need to worry about. So what was your five things again? Uh, I said like a tarp, an e-tool, a life straw. Um, I know I wanted like a magnifying glass, and I, I think I said four too. I don't even think I got to the fifth one. I was I was I was reeling from saying a magnifying glass. And now let's go with like a fishing net. I need something at least like that. Hey. I need to be able to catch fish. I'm like I'm on water. I think that's really important. And how long do you think you'd survive out there like that? Just like. Uh set number of days throw me a number of days i'm gonna be honest with myself because i love to camp and i haven't been camping since we went on the fourth of july and before that it was i was going even farther um farther back and it seemed like i wasn't camping since i went up to the olympic mountains with some of the guys from the tool room but oh my gosh roughly i'm gonna give myself a minimum i could probably probably do a week to a week and a half. <laughs> I, I was just I gonna say like confident. I was just gonna say like maybe maybe I'll last like a month like maybe like as long as none of like the berries on the island are like poisonous and That's I don't like injure myself yeah I don't injure oh. myself because I don't know how to tell like vegetative like vegetation apart or like berries not that's one thing I wish I was a little bit better at was being able to survive on something like that so none of those skills. <laughs> yeah, I have none of those skills either. So something else that I wanted to do with this podcast was talk about like relevance issues and stuff that's going on. Right. And then gain perspective of obviously from someone who's not myself. So 
one thing I asked you when I asked you to do this episode was to come in and talk with me about like some of the stuff that's going on. And since we're both such sports fans, I thought we could talk about some of the stuff that's going on and some of the leagues today and how, what we think and how it's going to play out. And so I, I kind of wanted to start with baseball, right? Baseball is mm-hmm. not something that I normally watch, but it's insane that you see every other sports league coming up with something and we're going to get into all of them, but it seems that there's a big possibility that baseball's not going to happen this season. Huge what do you think about that? Um, I was actually just watching some video today that uh, ESPN and Fox sports had put out. And they said that over the weekend, uh, Rob Manford, um, you know, the, the uh, chairman and um, commissioner. The league and he, yeah. Commissioner. I can't, I couldn't think of the word. That's all um, right. So he was talking that the, the state app just of this weekend, he's like, the league is in serious jeopardy of us not having a season at all. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking to myself, well, what was it now? And, you know, and it's the owner, it's not the owners, it's the, it's uh, the players association. And I think it all comes down to, which um, I think most of it really is, is financial compensation. Um, the number one thing that they keep talking about is that the players union and the, uh, and the league can't come to an agreement on a set number of games and the players want to get their full paycheck for the year. They want to get a prorated. So they want to get a prorated paycheck based on games played. Right. And Mm -hmm. the league only wants to play 40 games and doesn't want to, I think it's that they don't want to give them that prorated pay. They want to pay them something else. And it's, it's, it's crazy because you're, so in your opinion, you think it's the players that are stopping this from getting done. Um, I would have to say, yeah, probably the players that are the, that are kind of the wrench in the, in the gear here. Um, Cause I think the, the league and I think the owners, well, I mean, the owners, I think they've had it all thought out all along, but I mean, that's neither here nor there, but I think the players know exactly what they want and the players are the ones that are on the field. So they'll always have more leverage than the owners in the, in the league ever will, because at the end of the day, it's an entertainment industry and entertainment rules the country. Um, it, Cause it seems like as soon as sports stops, my God, where did we think the world was going? No sports. Holy. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my own personal opinion, I think the players control the league. Well, I guess what I'm asking is, between the owners and the players, who do you think is uh, really stopping this contract from getting done? See, in my opinion, I think that the owners are the ones who are operating in bad faith. See, I think that the owners are billionaires and they want to make as much money off of the players as possible, right? And they've actually, they actually have a deal with the Players Association that talks about how the players they're going to have to play right like they're going to either have to file a grievance and not play but they're not allowed to strike and not play and so the owners get to make money off of games played and the players want to make that money off the pro rated games played as well but the owners only want to play a pay a flat rate and that means that the owners are trying to share the loss of everything because like baseball is a billion dollar industry. So 
there's a lot of money being lost and they're trying to share that and spread that loss across the players as well. They're trying mm -hmm. to essentially tell their employees that they're going to have to help take the loss here financially, even though they have the money to pay the players. Does that, you know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about because you're talking about the MLB, which is a league that has no salary cap. Yeah. There's, there's no limit to the amount of money that they can and will pay these players to win a championship. You know, you bring these guys in and I think, wasn't it Mike, uh, Mike Trout who just got yeah. that $400 million over the course yeah, of 10 unreal. years. It's, it's, it's insane. Um, but I get where you're coming from. And I just think that, you know, if, if you have enough to own a professional sports franchise in the year 2020, um, I feel like whether it be financially, personally, emotionally, you should have your players and your, your staff and your associates all in the, in the center of your, you know, heart. You should, I feel like you should be looking after them because it's a tough time nowadays. Um, everybody's reeling from this. And if at the end of the day, if I can at least get the money that I'm owed that you promised in my contract to pay me, I feel like I am entitled to that. Otherwise, I mean, what am I doing here? Another side of this is from the player's perspective is that they are going to take a massive hit in their statistics. Right. And for players who have contract years, that's going to have a big impact on them because 40 games for, in most MLB players opinion is not enough to get in like a great groove. And if say, if you're a pitcher, then you're splitting that with multiple pitchers where you may only be starting like 10 games out of the 40. And if you don't get a good, a good amount of wins off that 10 games and you're on a contract year. So why as a player, why would you want to take that risk? You know what I mean? I no, think yeah, you wouldn't want to. I think that it's definitely something that they're actually getting like to the end of the point where they, they're, they just keep holding out. Now it seems like by the time that they do come to an agreement, it's going to be only time for 50 games. You know, I think I, I think I said, I think I was reading on ESPN. I didn't get a chance to look at it too much before we started was that they had a, they just came with a 60 game agreement. Right. And I didn't see exactly what the results of that were going to be, but I do think that it's just insane that this, this baseball, like MLB cannot get it together because like, for example, transitioning, you know, into the NBA, they've already came up with a plan down in Orlando and like a hotel resort to have a 22 teams come and they just listed this humongous document, hundreds of pages of instructions and guidelines for how it's going to be out there. And honestly, it sounds like a resort 24 seven, you know, players, customers, like they get yep, anything they want, you know, it's just like they, they'll get it. They're getting like uh, hotel lobby, like made for them with, the big screens, uh, yard games. I think they said they get everything. I can't, what do you know? What do you think of that? Well, I was reading through it and I'm just kind of thinking, I was like, when, when the, when the 22 team tourney was initially announced that this is what we're going to do, we're going to Orlando, we're going to finish this. We're going to crown a champion. I'm like, all right, well lay it on me. Like, what are, what are we going to, because this was a couple, maybe almost a month ago that they were hashing out the finite details that they were going to come back. They didn't know right. when they were thinking July. And I'm like, well, we're still in, you know, statewide lockdowns here. Like, what are we really going to do? And that was at the point that they didn't even know 
what playing was going to look like because states were still saying no no uh no live sports here no live sports here and then california and i think texas opened up and uh some of these bigger places they started announcing it but uh as i read through the document i was like you know that's honestly not too bad you got to think uh they're getting you know they're getting well fitted out for what's going to be going on um and i think if you just follow the guidelines um it really won't be so bad i think but here i am living think, think in about ohio think about if you were an athlete and your life was lavish luxury and now all of a sudden to continue getting paid right because the players don't have to come to this tournament right and there will be no penalty except they'll miss out on some of those game checks right and some of those game checks for these players can be hundreds of thousands of dollars per game check and so that is essentially what I read that the only penalty will be. Uh, but it's, I'm looking through it right now. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I remember what I saw was that figuratively speaking, you have a player that's on a 10 mil a year contract say they skip out on 10 to 14 games. They're going to miss mm-hmm. out on a game check of about a hundred thousand a game. It's unreal. But you're making so- 10 mil a year. I mean, is that what you're willing to give up for your own safety? So one thing I want to get into would be why they wouldn't come back. But I want to stay. I I just found some of these uh, some of these benefits. Right. Says uh, athletes will have access to players only lounge TVs, 2K TV, you know, a 24 hour VIP concierge. You know, each team will have a dedicated Disney culinary team to fit their nutritional needs. Two team, or I'm sorry, team sponsored outings such as privatized restaurants, boating, bowling, fishing, and golf will be available. Mm-hmm. And then uh, players will have access to virtual chaplain services, yoga, meditation. And then there's so many phases. But here's my question. And what I initially had is as you're an athlete living in luxury, and let's say you're a single athlete out there, you know, doing your thing. Now you got to come into this quarantine and where are the girls going to be for these guys? Or how are they going to get snuck in? Did you see that there is a massive list of things that have to happen before you're allowed to come in here? And if you leave, which everyone's allowed to leave, you can leave, but you have to go through another quarantine before you come back in. So how are they going to sneak these girls in? Or is it just about to be a big old bro show where all the boys are just hanging out? And I guess maybe they'll be able to focus more. Am I right? How's the staff look? I, I, that's, (laughs) that is also a curious thing. I wonder if all the staff will be females and that would just be VIP services. I guess, you know, (laughs) I don't know. Um, I got a routine. There (laughs) is a, another question I have for you is who do you think is going to come out on top of this tournament? If it does happen. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I well, I gotta start thinking. When was the last games played? The last games were played early March. At the yes. time, um, there were there were there were only a handful, literally not even maybe a handful of teams. And yeah, of course, the top seeds, the Lakers, uh, Milwaukee Bucks. The, the Lakers Clippers. were the Lakers were closing in. The Bucks were the number one overall team, mm-hmm. and the Lakers, best record. The the Lakers were closing in on them. And Giannis was hurt. 
So mm-hmm. they were making it a little bit easier to close in on them. So sorry, mm-hmm. continue. No, but um, and then I said, and then the final four, the 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 fourth team that was um not even getting a lot of appreciation that everybody kind of seems to forget is the Toronto Raptors. You took Kawhi away from that team, and guess what? They're right there at the top of the East. And that's not something I expected. You know, Kawhi said, ah, I'm going to leave. And I'm going to go to the Clippers now. And I was like, well, now you've got this core group of, uh, of role players, you know, um, but you got guys like Van Vliet and um, Pascal Siakam that like really stepped up. And now you got this strong core that has really ascended. And I didn't really expect them to um, perform to the point of being a one or two seed. Um, but as out of those four teams, um, I feel like I'll be getting crucified if I just, you know, flat out say that I, I really think this was one of those years that LeBron was going to ascend. Um, they were, they were just looking so, so competitive. I really didn't think that um, there was at least another team. I don't think if, it, if, if they were going to play and we're talking here in the, the final round of the Western conference finals, it was going to be the Lakers and the Clippers. And that would be a great seven game series. If it comes down to that, you can, you can guarantee that I'll be tuned in for every single I think one that of those games. They played a couple times in the regular season. I think they ended the season tied up in their win like, loss yeah, record. Yeah. yeah. I I I agree. I think that LeBron it was having a great year. My only thing is I I debate I debate the depth of that bench. I debate the depth of that roster, but also giving LeBron the credit that he's due is that he has always played a lot of minutes in the postseason, and still has gas in the tank. So I'm sure that's come on, man. Yeah, I'm sure that all the load management and things like that will have an impact, and that's why he'll play well in the postseason. But we've also had many, many examples of LeBron in the postseason, essentially by himself, and you know, with the Cavaliers, you know, going to the postseason. But he won. He won with him as well. But, you know, we've seen that example. Obviously, this year he had, you know, Anthony Davis, who made a big impact. But I always am just waiting for him to, to get injured. But my, my, my pick would definitely be the Clippers. I think that, I think that Kawhi is just un, unstoppable right now. You know, he, he's probably, in my opinion, the most clutch player in the NBA. And then he's got a very deep bench as well, you know. Patrick Beverly. He's got Paul who, and he's got Paul George, like that's starting with him. You know, he's they, that those guy guys. defender, man. He's a, uh, he's, he's scroungy. He's, he's a, uh, what's the word I want to use for Patrick. Tenacious. That guy is, he's tenacious, ferocious. He's Mr. Get in your face. He's going to talk the most. He's going to be the most. He's probably the most extra guy on the court next to, mm-hmm. you know, Draymond Green, but where's Draymond going to be uh, watching the finals this year? That is to be, uh, to be determined. I'm hoping for a tweet. No, he is going him. to be, he's going to be watching from the couch. He's, he, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like where, what couch is he, is he going to go over to yeah. Clay's house or he's going to be at Steph, Steph having a viewing party. Like I got to know. I wish that, uh, I wish I had a little bit more faith in the Bucks. I think that they are just almost like, I feel like they're on that cusp and they just kind of keep coming up short last year in the, the Eastern conference finals and that shot where no, no, that was the Sixers. I think it actually. was the, it was the Sixers yeah. where Kawhi, Kawhi managed to, yeah. gosh, I don't know, pinball that, 
they had the winner in there. The Bucks had the the Raptors like three one last year, and the Raptors ended up coming back and winning. That's that's why it was like so disappointing for them. I think that it's definitely maybe this would have been their year. You know, who knows? They were they were. Um, and if I had to name a fifth team when it comes to like yeah. who's really vying, um, that fifth team is definitely coming out of uh, coming out of the East. Um, it would definitely be the Sixers at five and then probably the Celtics for me at six. Um, I don't think uh, there was really another team that was really going to take either the Clippers or the Lakers to seven and really give them. A, I want to, I always want to be the guy that says, yo, Portland's my pony, man. I always want to give it to yeah. you know Portland and be like, yo, CJ McCollum and uh, Damian Lillard. I was like, I want, I want it to be those guys. And then it just never pans out. Yeah, they always I, end up being they're always there they're always right there Damian Lillard always seems to be hitting some clutch shot you know right at the end that keeps them there and then it's just like they they get to like that second round and I feel like they always just kind of like they just lose that gas and it's just or it's facing somebody who just kind of overwhelms them but Damian Lillard I think is definitely he very underrated very underrated player in oh, my yeah. opinion. I think uh, going back to, you know, we talked about uh, how, you know, what we thought if the league does start, you know, there is some speculation going on right now that the league may not start. You know, there's right now from what I've read that uh, Kyrie Irving and uh, Avery, Avery on the Lakers, uh, I can't think of his name, but we know who I'm talking about. Avery Bradley. Avery Avery Bradley, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. They've they are under the mindset that continuing to play basketball would be bringing about the norm and it would be easier for people to be distracted from the important movement that's going on right now, the Black Lives Matter movement. And so they want to hold out to make sure that nothing distracts from that. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's the impression that I'm under and which it's not my place to say neither here nor there. And there's reports that uh, Kyrie Irving has talked about being like starting his own league. But then on the flip side, I've heard that LeBron is going to make sure that the league league starts like he is going to make sure that it plays. So it seems that the players are told that they have to report by June 25th. So June 25th is going to be the time where I guess we'd see if the if it does start. And between now and then, all of the little details that will spill out because Kyrie Irving is displayed over the last few years that he's opinionated and is generally against the grain and generally never, he just hasn't seemed to be portrayed in the best light, you know, since leaving Cleveland. It seems like he's, there's always the media, what, you know, I'm not sure whether it's true or not. I've always, I've always liked Kyrie since he came from Duke, but it always seems that the media is portraying him in some negative light, you know, these past few years. You're not wrong about that. Um, you know, I've always had a soft spot for Kyrie. You know, he had the game winner shot, you know, he got the, he got we were the on Cavaliers deployment. There. Yeah. We were right. We were on deployment. Mystics, man. Yeah. I watched that shot. I remember. Yeah. I watched that. And it's like, you know, Kyrie helped bring that, you know, that fabled championship and, you know, me being a Cleveland sports fan, I'm, and I'm not sure if I have anything left in my tear ducts, man. Um, 
it seems like, you know, nothing, anything that can go wrong will go wrong in Cleveland, whether it be management, quarterbacks, um, ownership, coaches, you name it, man. Cleveland never seems to, uh, never seems to finish. And uh, that was the norm growing up um, in my lifetime of actually watching sports. And I think I was really old enough to comprehend that sort of thing when I was like, you know, 10, 12, I'm starting to play football and I'm starting to know more about it. I think, I mean, I've only seen one winning season for the Cleveland Browns in my entire life. And that was 2007. That was the only one, man. I who, never, uh, who was the quarterback for him back then? It was, uh, it was Derek Anderson, Derek Anderson. I, but you have seen a lot of success with your Buckeyes there. You know, the little hat yeah, you're wearing. They're the, they're the only, they're the only surefire thing. It seems like anymore at, at university brings them in and, you know, just, it's a well-oiled machine, man. Well, I saw that machine. I went to their campus for the first time last year. Beautiful. It's a pretty nice campus. Yeah. Columbus Beautiful. is a nice city. I didn't expect it to be that nice. Well, it's not Cleveland. I can tell you that much. <laughs> so how, how would you, uh, how would you feel if there wasn't an NBA season and that's, and that's where it went? How disappointing would, would that be? Um, I think for me, as uh, as well as a lot of the players that maybe aren't so much on this movement, maybe not because of the political attachment that it has into it, but for some of these guys, it's really all about the game. And, you know, right. they don't want to take anything away from anybody else or anything that's going on. And don't get me wrong, that's definitely not what it's about. But I think to not at least figure out who would, you know, would be crowned champion. We were so close. We were literally, yeah. I think when the final games were played, we were in like, I think there was only two two weeks worth of games left to be played, and we would have been uh, we would have been starting the playoffs. And uh, in my own personal opinion, to not have some sort of uh, closure is the best word I can say. Yeah, um, it would it would almost be wrong. But again, that's neither here nor there, and it's and it's not up to me. I uh, I casually sit on the couch and hope that one day I turn on the TV and I see something that's live, other than. Um, what is it? Koreans that were playing yeah. baseball first. I think the Korean Koreans baseball, by, yeah. Korean baseball was the first live sports I'd seen in like two months. I, so. I, so I just want to say, I think that I worded that a little too, I worded think I worded that incorrectly. Uh, the word disappointing would not be the case. I, in fact, asked that question, just taking everything out of it. If the, the players in the league decide that they, need to do this to represent the black lives matter movement and it's in their best interest to keep priority and focus on this then i'm in support of that i think that this movement that is having the most impact on racial justice that and that i've seen in my whole life i you know i think that way yeah. you know kind of shifting it into like a more serious no i think that with the quarantine happening, it kind of forced everybody to definitely see the results of like George Floyd's murder and also some of the past murders that have happened. And not that uh, I have a different podcast that I've, I go, I've, I have dived into that. So for anybody, if you're interested, the moderate millennials definitely goes into more detail, but keeping this just for time purposes. There are multiple, multiple incidents and people have gone back and been able to focus on them. And if the players, like I said, think that that's the best way to keep moving forward, then it definitely will be 
supported by me and which I, I know that you will as well. Uh, something that I wanted to bring a little bit of attention to that I thought was really cool. I don't know how many people are familiar with this would be the, uh, the Tulsa riots back in the 1920s is a riot that was about like the black wall street. And the, at the time it was the most inf- uh, wealthy African-American neighborhood in the U S and a whole, a whole, like I said, there's, there's a lot of details that go into that. It was a massive riot, a very violent riot. But the reason I bring it up is because Russell Westbrook is doing a docu-series on it, which I think is going to be great. I think that Russell Westbrook, you know, doing something to show light and to promote this, because I know a lot of people don't really have too much information about this because we're not taught about this stuff in school, obviously. But the just... I wanted to give that some light It's something that I read about. I definitely thought was cool. And so Amos, I know you're like a super big football fan, college and NFL. And since you and I have been watching football, Tom Brady has only been in one uniform, the Patriots uniform, right? Have you seen this picture of him with the Tampa Bay uniform on? It's, it's, it's honestly weird. It's like, it's like I'm, I'm playing Madden and I traded him to my team. It's like, this yeah. is never going to happen in a million years, but I got Tom Brady on my team. It's, it's, it's almost, uh, it's, it's really funny. It's, I, I never would have expected it. Um, how do you, how do you feel about him going down there in the first place? Best choice you could have made. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hands down. Do you um, think that, uh, you think he's going to win the Super Bowl this year? No. 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 no what do you think will win the Super Bowl this year? If there is a Super Bowl. If, and I hate to say it because they play in uh in my division, if they can if they can put together the the playoff inconsistencies, um the Ravens were unstoppable last year. Yeah. Like absolutely unstoppable. And I say unstoppable because they finished the season the regular season fourteen and two. Right. That second loss they got was I believe week four to the Browns at home. They lost to my Cleveland Browns, who finished the season at six and ten, mind you. The yeah, Browns but then they took off. Massive they... L. And but and that's but that's the thing. Like so you look at this uh and I, I remember everybody doubting them after that. Like the Browns kind of just stomped them. And I was like, oh yeah, we're going in the right direction. We're two and two. Like we about to turn up now. And, uh, and then after that, it was just kind of like, but, and then the Ravens just up the ladder we go. Um, but if I had to pick and I'd be doing myself an injustice because they did nothing wrong in the off season, they, they had more draft pick. I can't remember how many had in the teens, a team that was the number one seed in the AFC had a, in like a team's amount of draft picks. They did great in free agency. They're not really losing too much. And if I had to say they lose anybody, um, it's just Marshall Yonda, and I'm not trying to slight Marshall Yonda because he's an All-Pro, um, first ballot Hall of Fame tackle, one of the one of the best. But um, if it's not the Chiefs again, um, and the Chiefs will, I mean that's at least your AFC Championship game right there is the Chiefs and the Ravens. If if they, because I mean, I mean the Titans came out of nowhere, and I think Lamar just said the other day that he underestimated the Titans, and then the year before that they. Uh, they were looking really good and they got stumbled by uh, the chargers. But if I had to say that 
know, my Super Bowl pick is, and I hate, and I hate saying it because, you know, I was just as blind of a fan as I normally was when it comes to Cleveland. I, they could do no wrong for me. I'd be like, oh, the Browns are going to win. It's going to be the Browns, <laughs> man. But I, I, can't, I can't wholeheartedly say that until I know that our coach uh, has us in the right direction and maybe Baker – uh, you need a coach. So many interceptions. You need a coach longer than a year. That's the thing. You need a little bit of consistency in your I can't life. Tell man. You, man. That's you need truth. a little bit of consistency in your life. I, I mean, obviously you're wrong because the Colts are going to win the Super Bowl this year with old, <laughs> Phillip, old forty year old Tom Phillip Rivers. A, I mean, is it division. is it really? I mean, the AFC South belongs to the Colts. Always has, except last year. You know, we uh, didn't put it together, but. The Texans lost DeAndre Hopkins. Who do they have now? Who do they have after the ball to? Titans, uh, yes. They're- the Titans, I think they're number one wide receiver now. I didn't really look into who they drafted, but taking rid of DeAndre Hopkins, your number one guy is, I think, Will Fuller. <laughs> yeah, he's not I, don't, injured. I don't even know a name of any of the receivers on the Texans. And so then the, uh, the Jaguars, I, they are whatever they're going to be. Who knows? And it's then, magic, baby. But it ain't going to be yeah. great, I'll tell you that. And then we have the Titans, which good possibility they might win the division, but we're all making it in that wild card race. That's what we do. I definitely I am excited to see Phillip Rivers, though. You know, I – I guess he, I guess he's still got some juice. I mean, I haven't seen it in years, but he says he's got it. And Frank Reich, who I really trust, he says he's got it too. So we're gonna see, man. I I, I appreciate Philip Rivers, man. He's just a he's a good old boy, and he's another one of those guys. Um, and I and I say like Tom Brady in the sense that I've never seen him for anybody else. You know, you have those players that are journeymen, or they play yeah. a couple of years here, and they don't like the culture, and they change, but. As far as I've closely followed football, I remember back watching Phillip Rivers handed off to LT when Sean yep. Merriman was there. And, you know, you had those, that Charger team. Like, he's one of those they were guys beating I've the, never seen him. They were beating the Colts in the AFC championship or in some playoff round. I feel like it was always the Chargers and the Patriots stopping us from our Super Bowl dynasty that we should have had with Peyton Manning. And he, you're talking about somebody being the same uniform. Seeing Peyton Manning in a Bronco uniform was devastating. It was heartbreaking. That was devastating. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. He looks terrible in orange. I won't take that back. I said what I said. I was going to say that wasn't his best color. He looked looked good in the blue and white. Yeah, there's a statue Um, of him down here in front of Lucas Oil. I say a little Hail Mary to it every time, you know. (laughs) No, but hey, man, I think that. It's really great that you uh, you decided you wanted to do this, man, with me. Uh, you're welcome on as often as you want. And uh, anytime that something comes up, don't feel obligated. Uh, I think that you do have that, uh, that personality for broadcasting. So, you know, we could keep doing this and keep hanging out. Love to have you be a part of the country club, man. I'm trying to build something here, trying to just hang out, like I said, with people who have a different perspective than me and, and learn something new and just have that conversation, man. And so mm-hmm. thank you. I, I really want to thank you for coming on here, man. Is there uh, anything you want to say going out of here or what? Uh, it means a lot. Uh, this is something I've kind of mentioned to friends and family for a little while now that, you know, I, there's only a few things I'm really passionate about. And, and usually sports is probably the only thing that I can really 
ramble on about and actually seem somewhat competent that I know what I'm talking about. So to even uh, be brought on just to, you know, shed the light on something that maybe you don't think of or, you know, have a different opinion or a different view, it means a lot. Um, this is something I've kind of wanted to get into. Um, but I'm like looking for the time and I need the right equipment and I want to like set something up. So to be, um, to be brought on and get the opportunity to help you launch this, uh, this shit, man, um, I'm super, uh, super excited to be here and I'm really glad that I can come on. Well, thank you very much, man. Everybody, this is the country club. This is episode one. We are excited for episodes two and beyond. And we hope that everybody comes through. Want to have you like share subscribe you know the whole spiel Pro like word of mouth that's how we grow the more we grow the better the production is the better the production is the better the content is and the better the content and the is the better our lives will be so everyone thank you for stopping by amos thank you for stopping by and everyone have a great one